Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a podcast dedicated to creating loving all history about street performing and some crazy characters who populate this world. I'm Magic Brian, your host with Strolling Collection of Interviews. In this episode, Clark McFarland, aka Mario, cleans the service, takes his first stab at interviewing, and I think he did a fantastic job, aided by the fact that the couple he interviewed has been for quite some time and they have a great rapport and history together. That couple is Uri and Noah of Surf No Problem. They are one of the many fantastic acts that come out of Israel. Noah and Uri talk about their long history together and how they built their first show in India in 2002, put out on the streets of Europe, got booked, and then married. They talk about creating their signature trapeze act and not being aerialist. Uri talks about how he took a leap of faith and started doing shows in Tel Aviv at the age of 13, and the dramatic shift of going to Lakak, which he thought was a juggling school, when he got out of the army where he taught the deadly martial art of Krav Maga. They tell Clark about the joy of traveling in a van throughout Europe, which Uri calls their nuclear submarine, and their shift to becoming a non-traveling act and now performing their current stage show. There's a ton of content in the interview, as well as great stories and plenty of laughs. Hi, guys. Everybody who um, in, in listening land, this is the Buskers podcast of some kind, the Busker Hall of Fame podcast, and I'm very, very proud to be interviewing Uri and Noah of Cirque No Problem, and uh, there they are. And I am in Australia. They are in Israel. This is magical Zoom, and uh, we can have a conversation. How nice about things. So, Noah, I'm just going to start. I'm just jumping in. I'm jumping in. Um, I okay. love you guys, and I know a lot, a lot, a lot about your history and things, but there's a lot of stuff I don't know. First of all, let's, like, if someone says to you, what do you do? What is your show? What do you, what people who don't perform, what, what, how would you explain what you do? Uh, it does change with time. Yes. My answer changes. Um, you say, ask who? Sometimes, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say that I do, uh, that I'm a circus artist and we do a circus show. And yeah. now I say that I am a clown. I do a clowning show that has some circus skills in it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how it. Yeah, that's yeah. how it ages. Circus, clown. Yeah, a little bit older. I just say I'm an architect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an architect. I'm an architect. Stop I do birthday gigs. Really birthday gigs. <laughs> no, it's. I have to say that I feel. I feel that I'm a clown, especially now that I teach. I teach clowning, so I feel like a clown. But uh, it's something very weird to say to people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it feels humiliating to say that you're a clown. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's hard to describe, especially people from the outside. I, I, even 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 my close relatives still don't understand that concept. I, if I say, "Oh, he's a clown," I know they all go, <laughs> "Oh yeah," and um, they don't get it. You soften it with uh, with saying first we say comedy and then circus circus artist circus arts mm. comedy. Well, the thing is, your show is so hilarious. So this is, um, we, we go way back. And I, and I saw, I met you guys in uh, Captain Zucchini, Uri, and um, your ex-partners back in those days. And I was, we, we had sort of- 99, we met, we met for the first time in 99. And we- Shalom. Had, yes, in Chalon, which um, Chalon sur Saon is a, uh, a French marketplace for the street arts. But Noah, what did you think you were gonna be when you grew up? What was what where what path were you on before you uh, started to? <laughs> before I was doing juggling, I thought I'm going to be a professional uh, pool player. 
Really? This is what I, I yes. Knew there was something. I knew there was something you, you, you thought you were going to do. Yes. I fell in love with her when we went playing pool and I was like, hmm, I was, she can uh, hold the stick, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was working as a waitress in a pool, uh, pool club in a, and for seven years and I was playing all the time. The, the, the problem why I didn't become a professional pool player was that what, when I was ready to go to a competition uh, in front of somebody else, I would go blank. I wouldn't be able to play. I'm not a competitive person and, and everything would go, I, I couldn't hit a ball. Mm. So this wasn't meant, meant to be. Yeah, right. Well, that, yeah. I, have to, I now, play huh? for fun. With a bit more competitive edge, where would you be now? Uh, that that's 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 yeah. fascinating. So seven years in a pool. Where did you start when you were thirteen? <laughs> working at the bar. when I was seventeen, I was almost seventeen, sixteen. I started did, working in a pool club. So your parents must have been relieved. You were like, oh, God, thank God, she's starting to juggle. <laughs> she's becoming a basket. Nothing like being a beggar. What, what <laughs> There's is, a future in begging. What, I didn't what, ask them, you know. What did, what did they think about that? I mean, what what do your parents do? What, what were they? What was? What, where were you? What are they? What are they up to? My father is an artist. He he draws. He 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 draws beautifully, and he's uh, also. But he's so he's he flies. He's. He, he's an artist. He's an artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. And my mother, she's a homeopathic um, person. Person, homeopathic. <laughs> how do you say it? How do you call uh, it? Witch. Doctor. <laughs> witch. I, I doctor, but you said homeopathic. She's person. a homeopathic witch. <laughs> because you don't call it a doctor. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And um, and so, and when you, what did your parents do, Uri? I remember you. you you had, uh... My mother is in porn business, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, uh, they are people. They are people. Uh, my mother is they working in normal jobs. My father is very extreme uh, guy. He's doing hang gliding and sport. He taught you. Uh, he taught you. He juggling. taught me to juggle. He's like the circus person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But before you were asking something about our relationship, something. Well, there's this beautiful story about how you decided uh, you you came, you traveled all the way back. I, I don't want to tell it. I want you to tell it. You remember. Yeah, so uh, when Noah and me, we met each other, we were very young. Noah was 22 and I was 26. And I just find a, I, I, I find a way how to... Uh, to get girls. I, I found a way. I, I, got, uh, I got a method. Yeah. And I just find the method and it was working. <laughs> and I tried it on Noah. It was a great success. I was like, yes, I got the method. It's, another time I'll tell you the method. It's, it's a good method. <laughs> but then I fell in love. But I wanted, I, I got the method. I had to practice my method. Yeah, use it and yeah. And then we broke up many times in a, in a year and a half or two years. In the two first years. two years, we were all coming back together and living. And this because we were young and I had the method. I had to work with the, my thing. And then we broke up. Like, it was the end of it. And uh, I went to Europe. And from Europe, I went to India. And all the time, I wanted to be alone. Because I, 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 I was never alone. I was always with a friend. 
friend of mine or, or I had a girlfriend, but I was never alone. And also in India, I went with friends and always friends, 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 blah, 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 blah. And then finally I was traveling with one more friend through the Himalaya. And then we, we, he went to one side of the river and I stayed on the other side of the river. And, we were, and then I was alone for one night. I was alone. And in that night I was like, hmm, I'm, I realize that I'm looking for something that I already have, a love of my life. And I'm just bullshitting around. I'm wasting my time. I don't want to be alone. I want to be with Noah. So I, I bought a ticket to Israel. I didn't know where she was. It was like uh, six months we were not together. So I called my sister who was in Israel. And uh, she told me, yeah, Noah is here. So I tell them, make a meeting with her and I'll come instead of you. And I was in India. So I got a ticket and it was a, a long drive from the Himalaya, plane, everything. Ta -da 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 -da. And I arrived with the backpack. And uh, instead of my sister came Uri and we met. And I was just like uh, on my knees. That yeah, is let's, what rom-coms are made of. From the Himalayas. And she had, uh, yeah. and she had uh, a ticket already to go to the States. And uh, we were like, okay, we're throwing the tickets to the States and we're replacing it with a ticket to India. And then we went uh, together to India. For six months. Six months when we built our, our first show together, when we yep. were to do our acrobatic and juggling routines, we built something. And then we went back to Israel. We, we, we bought some gear, we made a show like, and we, we threw it to the streets of Europe. And that same summer, we got uh, booked by uh, Franz Brod Production. Ah, yeah. For next year? For the next year, and since then it was... And then we got married. Remember, the, the coveted Franz Brugnod, once, once you get in with that guy. And that's interesting, because you, you, you were fully formed quite quickly, because I remember seeing the Captain Zucchini, and that was sort of, you know, that some of them had kids, and some of them were not wanting to travel, and some, so Captain Zucchini kind of was on the way out, and then the next thing I know, I, you guys are there, and you're, you're already fully formed, so that's interesting. I was wondering where you, you, you uh, did the disaster, disaster work on shows, the, you know, the cutting of the teeth, and you would say, and what street, where was the pitch? What places would you go in um, Europe to uh, sort of be bad. We started in we started in Amsterdam in the lights of light. Light oh. Ten days in the lights of Wow. Yeah. Right. Hardcore lights of <laughs> Very freaking hardcore. What we're on what But you know, but you know, it's it's hardcore, but it's there. It's there. They're it's tourists. Awesome. You can do it, you know. It yeah. wasn't the pitch was not really busy that time. And that was two thousand and two. It was it wasn't busy as today. No, it was easy. It was yeah. easy. It was doable. Yeah, yeah. there was the draw. You come. Yeah. You do your show. Yeah, there's a draw and nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it goes I through periods. It I was not Euro. It was also in Gildans. They, they paid us this first year. It was still not uh, Euros. Yeah, Euro. yeah, yeah. So it was not as expensive and it was yeah. doable. Yeah. And, and, uh, and did, were you by van at that point or were you just in? Yes. Oh, no, we, we burned. <laughs> one, one, our, one truck we had was burned. Oh, that's on the, on my the, story. 
Yeah, it was burned on the way, highway. on the highway. Oh, it was, right. we looked on the mirror and it's fire. <laughs> it was fire. But we had the miracles, like all our career is, is God is with us all the time, making us so miracles. That's why I love hanging out with you guys. I'm so glad to do this podcast because every time I meet you, you have some incredible story that has just happened or what, and, and, you, and also the way you tell it but the tragedy and the, the victory of your stories are amazing. So, so tell me about the fire, because as you know, I've had a truck fire, so I love stories about like, other people's fires. <laughs> no, it, it was really not a lot to tell. We were yeah. driving and we have fire. We stop on the side, but I don't remember why or how or what was the situation, but my father was driving Behind, 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 behind us. I don't know where, why he, he was never with us in Europe. But we just arrived to Europe and we took the truck, not the, sorry, not the, the van. Yeah. Drove it for the first time after the winter and your father was driving behind us. It got on fire. We stopped on the end of the road, on the side of the road. And he told us, we'll get you another van. He had another van. He had another van. And the reason he had another van is because he got married and when you get married and you bring your german wife to israel you can bring a car with no tax that's to israel right. okay you get one car okay. for marriage <laughs> yeah yeah so he so he bought a big car that he can put all his as much stuff as he can on the car yeah <laughs> to bring it all to israel but the car was worth nothing. It just needed to be big and it was a big suitcase. What is it, a Volkswagen minibus? It was a Volkswagen minibus. With, with a bed and everything. We saw, I just saw, I sent you a picture of it. The, it the green the one. Green oh, one. that's the green, green one. one. Yep. Mm -hmm. Nothing yes. inside. But because he used it as a suitcase just to bring the stuff over to Israel. And then I don't know why it was back in, in Germany. I don't remember why. It but was easy then to move things around. It wasn't easy. Because he got married, he got the permission to use the car as a suitcase. It's horrible. Yeah. Anyway, there was a, there was a, you got a this new car thing. Was, yeah, it was like, okay, this one is burned. The, the orange one is burned. You can take the green one instead. We took it. We sold it. We sold it to Rudy. Oh, yeah, we, we sold it to, after the after two this, years later. No, I don't remember, yeah. but we sold it to Europe for uh, 600 euro to Rudy. Rudy Pachuco. Yes. And he was uh, happy with it. He traveled with it for a few years. Yes. That's amazing. Anyway, so yes, it could be good. That's your like, first year. That was, in, that was within the first few months of traveling in Europe. That, that could turn people was, off of van travel totally. Four and a half months. Um, because yeah. we have it, similar stories because we both love the vans. We both love the trucks. We just, it's uh, such a great way of doing it. And, and a lot of people, when you say, just like clown, you say, I'm a clown and I travel in a van. They, they don't, they might not get how, <laughs> how not horrible that is. <laughs> um, what, what is it you like about van travel? <laughs> I, I love, uh, I have this thing that we, we have this thing that we talk about the van as a nuclear submarine. Yeah. And why a nuclear submarine? Because a nuclear submarine doesn't need anything from the outside. It have a nuclear thing in, in it. So it doesn't need energy and it doesn't need, it makes a, it on water. It's on, like it doesn't need to go on land. Yeah. And when, and when you got the camper, 
you don't need anything from the outside world. Like you have all your life, your show is in the van mm-hmm. and uh, you go from festival to festival. The festival gives you money and you go to the next festival, you get money and you don't need to be involved with the society, with the humans. Yeah. You don't need to have your, your own uh, world, your, your only world, the only place that is sane for you is your van. And just uh, something that is true that for me, I prefer to sleep in the van better than to sleep in the hotels. Yeah. And so many times in our life, we get a hotel, like sometimes it's a five-star hotel, and Noah sleeps in the hotel and I sleeps in the van. Yeah. And this, the reason is that I need to, to take care that nobody will steal the van. Yeah. But the real like- thing is that I just, I, I like it. Yeah. I like to sleep in the van. And also when you're sleeping, you're sleeping. So it doesn't really make, it doesn't, it's not so important to me, but uh, I, I like. That's interesting because there is that, I think in street performers, it's in, and in that, in the mentality that we have to, to travel and the shows ourselves is that self-containment is really appealing. Like having an amp with batteries, having things that, that, that um, don't, sort of require those other things. But at the same time, I think of you guys as being so connected with community as far as like your, your, the way your setup in Israel has been and with, and with the, your sort of whole situation there. But as far as ease of moving, I mean, not to say, yeah, I just, I mean, well, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later as you're, cause that's more sort of later in your career and stuff. But, um, but uh, something also you said made me think of, of when uh, you, got straight into with Franz Brood and I hadn't heard that. I haven't thought about that name in so long. So it's that this agent. Guy Baguette. Guy Baguette. Guy Baguette. Yeah. Yeah. Guy Baguette. Getten. Was it? Was it? Uh, Guy Baguette. Baguette. Like the bread. Baguette. Guy Baguette. Of course. Uh, Guy Baguette, who never liked me and didn't book anything I've done. <laughs> I remember the joke you told him uh, like, first time you spoke. Uh-oh. He Maybe I didn't you... know I was talking to him. Yeah, you told he told you we're not this kind of a com- a production company, and you told him, well, we're not this kind of sh- of a circus show. Yeah, remember something like that? Yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you make him laugh. Well, you made him laugh. And well, you're like, yes, yeah, I think people get laugh. It doesn't take a like, show, but at least I made him laugh. Uh, that's that is, I think, it, it goes to the heart of of. Um, I think it's interesting to talk about on the Buskers Hall of Fame podcast because there is this thing uh, that you've done and uh, some other performers um, have been able to do the street as as streety as you street get with huge shows and huge hats and all that stuff, but also get people like Guy Baguette to to, um, book you on massive tours of paid festival gigs. And I mean, sometimes... I, I know I feel sometimes, you know, too too festival for the street, and sometimes I feel too street for the festival. Um, how do you how do you navigate that that uh, that sort of duality between the 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 hat and the the price? You as far as I guess maybe it's in your show, like, and what how does it, what do you what do you think about when you think navigate? about? Yeah, sort of like. I mean, do you specifically, um, were you, were you, uh, were you thinking in terms of gigs when you designed your show or were you thinking in terms of hats and how did you, 
what when what choices would you make in those in those arenas? That's a question for you. I think I, I think uh, the thing is that I I start uh, I studied with Lacoque in Paris. Yes. So like I started with Lacoque two weeks after I finished the Israeli army, which is another story. But uh, oh, so I can't you were twenty one. I was twenty one. Yeah. So my education is like very uh, yeah theater, you know, and uh, I, I, kind yeah, of. I I know how to build shows. I know how to do theater and stages and costumes, and those are my tools, my thing, my my, my roots. I <laughs> this is what I learned. But uh, I started doing street show when I was thirteen. So I did already, I did a lot of street shows before I went to La Coque. Yeah. But before I went to La Coque, I just, just did it, you know. Yeah. But two years at La Coque made me very uh, French. <laughs> <laughs> and, and made the shows what they are. Like, uh, yeah. as you said, like to, to make it as good, as, uh, as, as impressive as possible with minimum gear. Mm-hmm. But it's always, always the line, always the thin line, and not, not a lot of shows can play those two, those two worlds of uh, Edinburgh and then going to do a Kleinerfest. Yeah, you know, we did a few times. We were in Edinburgh, flying to the Kleinerfest. Yeah, and you yeah. know, not a lot. You can do it. We can do it. But uh, it's, it's a thin line. It's an interesting thin line. Also, yeah. when we were there, when we. When we were there, there were not many groups as there are today. I mean, we could, it was before the... the it was easy. It, it was, yeah. yeah. No, there was no GPS. There was hardly any internet. People, we were sending uh, to booking companies, we were sending uh, VHS uh, cassettes for them to see a clip of our show, you know? We, we, we sent one summer, we sent video cassettes to the, with the wrong uh, email address. <laughs> Our email address that we wrote was wrong, so we sent 400 video cassettes, and nobody replied. <laughs> That's hilarious! Like, but, you, but I want to say something that home. I remember that you you asked before about how we got how we got married. So it's at the end of a nice story. Yeah, that we were in the south of France with the green camper with the green one the first tour the first European tour first European second I don't remember first but we were there yeah. And we thought we had money in the bank. Like we came from, we used to do Europe, India for a few years. Yeah. And uh, we make our money in Europe and then we spend it, everything we spend in, in India. And we came back to Europe and we start again. Like, every, oh. Yeah, yeah. And then we were in Europe doing street shows and our, the green caravan, the motor, like the, the head of the motor got, got broken and we were in uh, Avignon, Avignon. Uh -huh. and I was like, yeah, no problem. We'll call my mother and we have like uh, 10,000 shekel, the Israeli money uh, in the bank and she'll send it over. Which is like 400,000 dollars. Yeah. yeah. And I call her and I'm like, yeah, we need you to send me the money. And she's like, there's no money. There's <laughs> no money in the bank. You don't have any money. You have zero money in the bank <laughs> and we are stuck. In the south of France, with the with our camper is in the garage, and they don't have the head of the motor. Like so, we don't have our our nuclear uh, submarine is not with us, and we don't have anywhere to sleep, and we don't have nothing, and we sleep. We had a tent 
that does, didn't have the 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 poles. The poles. The yeah. poles. Yeah. So we had like a, a nylon <laughs> something. We were sleeping in inside the <laughs> nylon, and it was very hot in the day. So we were in a mall, in the mall. We went to this shopping mall in Avignon <laughs> because we were so hot for the air condition. <laughs> for the air condition, and we saw uh, the Lord of the Ring. They had a, a shop of selling TV television. TV, TV. And he was television. And we were sitting and watching. <laughs> we weren't sitting, we were standing. standing <laughs> yeah. Watching the Lord no, of the Ring. On no sound. <laughs> <laughs> no sound. Just watch. Oh, anyway, we were we were pictures. we were really we didn't have anything. <laughs> and uh, we had money to buy a baguette with tomato and cheese. Wow! And we we're making shows in the evening. And the, the really, when you have nothing in the bank, so the show that you make in the evening Has is the the food that you're eating. And survival. we needed to save money for the engine. Anyway, we were yeah down. Yeah. So I had a really good idea while talking with my mother. That we got, we will get married, and everybody in the marriage will give us money, and we will buy a new camper. And this is all while my mother says to me, "Uri, you don't have any money." Okay, we'll get so married. I the, so I finished the telephone with my mother, and we're standing like in the street, and I'm telling Noah, "We are, we need to get married, so we'll get money." Okay, and she's like, okay, okay, okay. okay. So okay. that so was how romantic. I love it. I love it. From from the <laughs> that was my marriage proposal. I'm like, <laughs> okay, full of romance. To a, and you know, it was a pay phone. It's, there was no mobile phones or anything or computer. But no the nice stuff. thing is that it worked because we get got went back to Israel. We got we went back with nothing, and we got married. And uh, we lived in my parents' house. And uh, they gave us uh, uh, this woman, a friend of us, just bought a circus tent, and she never made anything. It was just a big circus tent standing, and we came to her. We just arrived to Israel, the first circus tent, uh, circus tent in Israel, and we told her, "Listen, maybe uh, can we get married in your circus tent?" And she said, "Yes, you can get married, and we will give you for free. It will be the first event in the circus tent. Amazing. It will be for free." Uh, and so we got this amazing place and we got it for free and people <laughs> gave us money and we got enough money. We got something like 10,000 euro yeah. and, we, and we bought a camper. The camper, we I went, remember the camper. And, and we went and it was a good camper. Like after all those yeah. Volkswagen minibuses, it was a thing with the, with the toilet and yep. all kinds of things. That's it, that's it. Put the money back and straight into bridge. that. It's not going to blow up or catch on fire. Yeah, yeah. And I remember. It, it, and you, it, by the way, at the end, it did catch on fire. It also got burned. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. but even a few years later. Yeah. Five years. We used it for five years. I did remember yeah, that, that the one thing dangerous about campers is that they get broken into. But your previous owner of your camper was a paranoid, some sort of uh, militia paranoid. And he had double bolted everything and made yeah. bulletproof windows and stuff. So... That yeah. was a good camper you had. I remember that well. Um, and yeah, so that, uh, and you're, you're 13 years old, you're street performing, being terrible, but having fun. <laughs> Just a seed of, of the clown and uh, the um, practice st show structure that you will become. Then you go to the army and you sort of stay in the army. I, I remember sort of like you stayed on to work there 
and this is a story that uh, I've told about a thousand times um, about how you were telling me this about how your specialty was killing people with their bare hands. <laughs> if you, I said, and I said, wow, you, 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 so you could just kill me right now. And you said, Clark, I could kill you so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and this is within, yeah, probably about a week of us knowing each other. No, yeah, it was, it was early on. Clark, I could kill you so fast. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I was teaching Krav Maga. I was a Krav Maga hand-to-hand -hand combat uh, instructor in the parachute unit. My God. Which is so far away from <laughs> street performing. But, but uh, when, you're doing, when you're doing basking, it's, basking, it's good that you know that you can kill people. You don't need to kill them, but it's good that you, you have this attitude. Which reminds me, you know, you probably remember in uh, Avignon, there is a draw in the hat, but there is the best hour and the best place is there is one guy who, who it's his place. Right. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? There is <laughs> one guy and he got this, uh, the, the place? I, I, yes. I, I, I was like, who is this guy? And then I saw the guy. <laughs> I was like, ah. It's your, yeah, I understand why. It's like, he's, much bigger than everybody else. His hands are like this, and he's like, yeah. And he could kill you so fast. He can kill you he so fast. He could kill you so fast. My God, imagine how fast he could kill me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is hilarious. I thought you were going to say that it was this respected old, uh, you know, a guy who's been who you know built Avignon brick by brick as a clown and whatever. It was a big. Mean big guy taking French over muscle. Guy. Really big, really big. See, we don't like that. We don't, at Busker's Hall of Fame, he'll never make the Hall of Fame. He would never be in a Busker's Hall of Fame. No, no. We share, we share. Um, wow, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, there were also the break dancers. You remember that they also got the good time or something? In Avignon, yeah, yeah groups. And I, I never really, I don't have a lot of love for the street, street scene in Avignon. I never really, I think I've done it once and it was, I do remember being you told, did, to, yeah, it was, it's heavy. You've done a lot in Paris, haven't you? Yes. So I cut the teeth. And you went to the Cox School, Uri, and that is a um, French clown theater school that you thought was a juggling school when you signed up. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, it's uh, because it was before internet and everything. And, uh, and I, I had this moment that I but, was but, in the but, army. It was not before brochures. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you could have read the brochure. No, they, sent, they sent me over by fax. <laughs> no, not by fax. Oh, by pigeon. By, by pigeon. pigeon. Yeah, yeah, those were the days. Send me a brochure, <laughs> and uh, there was a, this Israeli juggler. I, and I heard that he went to study in Lacoque. So in my brain was like jugglers go to study Juggler. in yeah. Lacoque. <laughs> so I wrote them. And they wrote me back, and it was in French. I didn't really understand, but they they thought they wrote that the thing that you learned is juggling, acrobatic, and then comedia dell'arte. Yeah. I didn't really. Yeah. The first two things, juggling, <laughs> acrobatic. I'm like, okay, bonanza, good. And and <laughs> two things that happened to me when I went to France. I studied like so two things that I realized when I started to learn is that. Uh, 
first thing is that I don't know how to speak French. <laughs> yep. But, <laughs> but nothing, nothing, like not, zero, zero. I, I remember I didn't know how to count until 10. <laughs> and, uh, and that I don't, that we don't, it's not a circus school. It's a school for something else that then I didn't really understood. And I didn't really thought I, it's my thing because I, I, I was not a theater person. I was a circus, circus spiritual guy. But then I realized that the people around me, they also have this thing that they don't really understand, but we are all feeling that there is something connecting all of us. And this something was a clowning and physical theater, mm. but it, mm. there was no name for it at the beginning. Right, interesting. And so yeah. you, so so, how long did that take to really feel like this is where you were supposed to be, and you're speaking French, and it's going well? I mean, was it? That sounds like a big period of struggle uh, those years. Uh, French, I I never got the French. I got the French just What's when that? I just I never two years two years I didn't speak French, and uh, yeah, but it's physical theater, and yeah, but I I really fast. I think it took me one month. Until yeah. I did something that I was, uh, I felt like I'm I'm on the right place. It was yeah. it was fast. And then doing some stuff on that bridge, our bridge, the Pont Saint Louis, taking it out. I never did. I never did shows on the. Oh, that's not. Pont Neuf. I thought that. Oh, Pont Neuf. That's where you went. Yeah. No, I went to uh, Pompidou. I did shows on Pompidou. Oh, Pompidou. Yes. And then you, yeah. And the first day you came and. Bailed. I, I remember the story where you had everything ready and yeah. you're like, oh no, forget it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what to do. I just, uh, it was uh, terrifying. But I think this is something that goes to all, all the buskers that you, you prepare everything and then you need to do a leap of faith Yeah. that separate you from, from society. Okay, you're part of society, everything is ready and then you, you need to do this and you're, in, you're different than everybody else. Yeah. And when you, when you did it already, you understand that this is what you have to do now. You have to do the leap of this leap. The, hello, ladies and gentlemen, like to start. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't realize, sometimes it just, you don't know what to do now. It's like before I had the method with girls, <laughs> I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to make it a romantic. So we were on a date where, yeah, and then we became friends and that's all, you know? Right, so right. You need to do a leap of faith. <laughs> also with the public. Nice, nice. Uh... Does he? Does he? Do, do you remember the method? <laughs> you still, you still make yeah. it romantic. No, but that's great. I, I can tell you the method because it's a good uh, method for clowning as well. Mm -hmm. I say, I the method is to to drop the the atmosphere, because mm -hmm. when I when you are in a date, you need you always keep the atmosphere nice. You know, I'm a nice guy, we have something to talk, we're laughing, we're chatting, that, that, that. but how do you break the, the nice, the nice atmosphere into a romantic, sexy atmosphere? This is also a leap of faith. Yeah. And yeah. the way to do it is to drop the energy, mm -hmm. to let go of the zippity doo move and to just drop it. And then the atmosphere change. Interesting. And this yeah. is something you need to do also on the street. And yeah, yeah. yeah. like Definitely. when you stand there and you do nothing, you, then you get the applause. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Like and, to and get the applause, the, the, the public wants to applaud. 
yeah, to, to clap their hands, but they, they want to do it, but you need to do nothing yeah. for them <laughs> to fill in. That's it. And there's that, that moment between crowd draw and, and show that you have to know when, when that, that moment is and dropping that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that speaks to a lot of uh, truth there. That's amazing. Talking about being outside society uh, when you start shows. When you start shows, you do have to make this leap of being outside society. Do you find it easier as being Israelis to be doing sort of street shows in Europe? You do a lot of shows in Israel. Would you, what's the, what, what kind of different flavor does that have as far as your exoticness to the cultural surrounds when you're in Europe versus Israel? <laughs> Is mm. that, uh, do, you, do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a color for Israelis, it's like uh, there's, there's people come with the, first we have our, the language between us. We also, yeah. we always can move into Hebrew and we can get and we, and then we always have this one. So we're like the two of us. Again, different yeah, over them. When, when we have our language and no one can understand. Yeah. Sometimes when we come back to Israel after uh, traveling, uh, we need to be careful that we don't yeah, say, oh, go yeah, behind the, the fat women, <laughs> go behind the fat one. Because it happened, it happened already that we were like talking between us in Hebrew in Israel, you know, in our secret language. Your secret language is no so, secret. That's great. I think our, the, we have our, our power in Israel is that we speak the language. Yeah. So we are very quick with the language. We're really good with the language. Yeah. And we are, when we're in Europe, our power is that we have this accent. Yeah. So we we're look like a creature. Anyway, we look, we look outside of society. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we look uh, different and we sound different than the uh, society. So the leap of faith is, nice. is easier because anyway, yeah. we are out. Exactly. And exactly. That's, that's, yeah. And you know, I mean, one of the most boring conversations buskers normally have is about how uh, crossing borders and, oh, I got this. And we used to talk about borders all the time and crossing borders. But, but again, your story is so fascinating that you, you're somehow Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, both of us. Both of us. I, I'm Romanian. But you're Romanian. Yeah, yeah but her... Her her, she's Romanian, but her family lives in Budapest. Right. So we have a family in Budapest, and I am, my father was born in Hungary. Yeah. And our family have a house in, in Hungary for six generations now. It's in the forest, in the, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's yeah. so remote. The place is, is on black and white. It's really... And we go there every year because the house is amazing. The house is like a fairy tale and it's owned by the family. And because we need to, uh, the, the car need to go through test. How do you say? Yeah, a test every yeah, two like years. Every two years, we need to do it in Budapest. Yeah. In, not in Budapest, in Hungary. So every two, it's either starting in Hungary or ending in Hungary yeah. in that house, which is That's in the middle of, driving all the way out there into the the forest that's amazing that's yeah, yeah. So and, did you uh, i have to tell you i have to tell you something you said about the nightmare of passing borders with gear mm. that 
when I still, until now, I have uh, nightmares. Usually my nightmares is in airports with gears. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm somewhere with my gear getting lost and dealing with it. It's really... It, it, yeah, traumatic. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the first, my, our first visit to Israel, thanks to you and your, uh, and Jackie Bahar and the, uh, <laughs> your agency, I, was, <laughs> I mean, traveling, I mean, it's getting, going in and out of Israel by airplane is, is a real full cavity search. I mean, they really are, uh, they make you feel like a, a criminal just by the questions yeah. and the relentlessness with which they, uh, they, they, and, and, and. You know, my story with, with about Captain Zucchini was that <laughs> we had the Maxi Mouse, remember? And I had yeah. a Maxi Mouse, and you had a Maxi Mouse, and we had brought our Maxi Mouse, but your Maxi Mouse was broken. And I said, well, you know, it's easy for me to fix a Maxi Mouse. I'm going back to New York now. Why don't I take your broken Maxi Mouse, you take mine, and keep using it, and I'll fix your one. And... I don't know. Maybe you gave me that and a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, I don't know. We made a trade. I had your Maxi Mouse, and I'm flying out of Tel Aviv back to New York. This and and they're making me swear that nobody gave me anything uh, to take. And I'm like, I have a Maxi Mouse, and I, <laughs> they, and <laughs> that's not mine. It's got a battery in it and everything. I was like, and and to the point where I was so doubting our, um, you know, when you when you when when you have like imposter syndrome about your ability to be a performer and everything. I thought this whole gig, they didn't really want, us, <laughs> they didn't want us to come there to be to be. They were just humoring us the entire time. So that everything they fell us, in place. And it all fell in place. I just all, I mean, I was so tired, and they were drilling us about the stuff that we had that wasn't ours. And I did, I swore we didn't have anything. And you know, they're really full on. And but then I thought, oh my god, we were and the maximize the maximize. It looks like a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like a bomb. It's Could a bomb. <laughs> If those of the listeners who don't know, Maxi Mouse used to be uh, the only battery-powered amplifier. The only one. Get. It was the only thing. It was a battery-powered amplifier by the brand Maxi Mouse. And boy, they never upgraded. And just no one faded no away one anymore. The, at the end of... Is it from the USA? Yeah. Where was yeah. it made? I think it was made the in... The end of this Maxi Mouse of yours, the end of it is that we also, it was broken, we tried to fix it. And then I remember that Eitan, my friend from Captain Zucchini, took it to a repair shop and they told him in English, I think, I don't remember why it was in English, but they told him, it was a Chinese guy. He told him, you should throw it away. <laughs> Buy a new one. <laughs> this totally. is sound, a, sentence, a, sen a sentence that I have in my head sometimes. You should throw it away. A new one. <laughs> that's a, that's as good advice sometimes, but not when you can't get a Max Mouse yeah. anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Um, <laughs> oh my God! It, it it used to be so much harder. Those sorts of things. Um, the world was stacked against the battery powered amplifier back then. Um, so, where, 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 what festivals have you ever felt too street for a festival? <laughs> 
um, too strict for sure. It, but but once we had the the trapeze routine, yeah. We, I mean, for a few years we didn't have it for the first three tours, four tours. But once we had it, this was our ace. We we could do the whole show, and then we would do the trapeze routine in it. The show before the trapeze work. routine was would shut would 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 shit, you know, would yeah. not work. We would do the trapeze, and all's forgiven. And all yeah, is forgiven. All is forgiven. So we could we could also do a part of our show, like we could do twenty minutes version, we could do ten minutes version, and it would rock. This yeah. was our ace. Yeah, yeah. This what uh, took us around the world. This trapeze routine, and we uh, did it a lot. For those who still do. Holding up a trapeze routine with volunteers, holding up a trapeze rig with volunteers pulling on ropes, much like a, a, the pole, and then a, a, a held up a double trapeze act. And I love that direction which you came to that act at. You can talk about, because a lot of people have a trick that they do and then they wedge it into a show. You guys thought of that in a show context and then you're like I, now we have to learn how to do trapeze <laughs> yes you, you know we 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 the world with this trapeze routine but we are not a trapeze artist at all like the, the only tricks that we know how to do is the tricks that we're doing in the trapeze and uh, yes it was we really we we heard the song the total eclipse of the heart Because we're doing acrobatics, so we can we can do acrobatics. But really, yeah. we we the only tricks that we know we put together. And I think the first time we did the the routine, and now it is ninety percent the yeah, same, almost. almost the same. Yeah. Yep, I know how that feels. That's yeah. I mean, when it's good, it's good. But it, 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 yeah, it some, some things work fast, like yeah. our trapeze routine, our juggling routine, which is the same as we did it. And you remember where we built it? In India, somewhere. in Andaman Island, we took a rickshaw too, mm -hmm. and we talked about in the in the Andaman Islands. In the rickshaw, we talked about which tricks that we we'll do. We went out of the rickshaw, we did it, and it's the same routine for uh, I don't know, fifteen years now, maybe if more. If it works, it works. Yeah, so let's talk more about uh, Uri and um, some of the background because we were talking earlier about um, how you started as a very young person. Where did, where, how, was you, how were you introduced to, to circus arts in general before, before the 13-year-old took it to the streets? Well, I have to say that there was no inspiration for me in Israel. There was nothing. Uh, but I was, you know how in every school there is a kid who walks on his hand and making uh, backflips and is just like a goofball that doing acrobatics. So I was this, uh, this kid. I was this kind of kid. And, uh, and I think the answer is not how I started, but how normal people stop. Yeah. Because every, there's a lot of people like, uh, every kid is a clown. And uh, I just kept doing it. And uh, when I was 
10 years old or nine years old, my father brought me a unicycle from Switzerland. I got uh, obsessed with this unicycle and he taught me juggling. So I was already doing acrobatic juggling in a unicycle. Yeah. And when he was uh, 13, I went to this pitch. It wasn't a pitch yet. It was nothing. It was a place on the, in Tel Aviv that there's no uh, cars. So there are people walking, but there, there was never street show. It, was ne it, it wasn't something that existed before. I think this is, a, this is maybe special because in other places there was always some tradition. And when I was 13 years old, it was, there was nothing, really nothing. And when I, when I started, uh, I, my mother took me to Tel Aviv, to this place. We had this idea. And again, this leap of faith that we talked about, that I remember that I prepared the show already. I had the show prepared because I used to do the show for my family and friends in, in, at the house. It was, there was no show. It was like, the, I do juggling, then I do unicycle, then I do the things that I do. In order, yeah. In order. So I just... Ah, I just, <laughs> just, just started like, ah, juggling, I had a pogo stick, pogo, pogo, pogo stick. And uh, I remember people looking at me, maybe I need help. <laughs> maybe something is wrong with, with him. Because I was a little bit hysterical, doing my shouting and doing my, doing my thing. And in the end of the show that I wrote, there was that I asking money. So I'm asking money and then I see that my mother is hiding <laughs> because she doesn't want that they know that the beggar kid is hers. But then there was something I used to do. I used to go to Tel Aviv. There was a, maybe an hour and a half bus drive and I did street shows and I get, got some money. You know, other, people, other kids my age used to work at McDonald's. And there was no McDonald's no, in Israel back then. There was Burger Ranch. Burger Ranch. I worked in the Burger, Burger Ranch. Ranch. When I was Burger 14. Ranch, yeah, right. And uh, hustle and I made... <laughs> It's a South African network. Network? Oh, yeah. Anyway, and then oh. I went to the army, and then Lacoq, and the whole thing. Yeah. So, but wait, let's. I mean, that shows an incredible amount of. I don't know what it is. To, at 13 to actually bust open a pitch i mean usually there has to be a pitch going on where people um where 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 you you watch the other performers and you think i want to be just like those guys and then you say hey could i try your show and they all go ha ha that'd be funny and the 13 year old gets a shot but you busted open your own pitch which yeah takes you to a different level of that kind of uh uh it's the same pitch that we played for 30 years we played 30 years in that pitch. I think that yeah. the last time we played it, I was 37. And I played this pitch, for, I, I, I played it last time when Holly was born. I, I couldn't do it after. Um, but no, that's just amazing. That's just amazing. To, to, and, and I think all and, of Israel busking owes you a, a debt of gratitude for opening that pitch. <laughs> and, and I just think really, I think the reason is that I'm really not talented in any other things. Like I'm, I was a horrible student in school and uh, I, you know, and then finally you find something that you're good at you just, and you, yeah. I, you just do it. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, maybe my not talented, being not talented in school <laughs> made me a busker. Yeah, well, there is something, we were talking about that earlier also about how the will to do this career often is a, a, a race away from something else. So for me, it was the prospect of having to go back to graduate school and do a life of academia and more school, school, school. Uh, or whatever. I mean, that's sort of what I was, I guess. I didn't know what else to, what I was thinking about doing. And then once I found the street, it was like, there was no way I would want to do anything else. And um, and I think for you, I remember was talking about how, how the army had that similar effect on you. You were going into, into theater school from a different kind of world. <laughs> wow. It was, it was so different uh, to, to go from the Krav uh, Maga parachute unit uh, in Israel to Lacoque School in Paris, the gap is it's so <laughs> big. Like, you, you know, I, I remember, I sometimes I talk with my friends about it. Like, what happened? How did it happen? What <laughs> took me from this to there? And I think, again, it's God. It's God. Like, so many, you know, uh, so many miracles happened on the way to brought me from being a soldier in two weeks to being in Lacoque, so many miracles that I don't really have an explanation. Yeah, right. But, uh, but I, I suffered in those three years in the army. I really suffered. It was not a good place for me. Uh, it's not a good place for anyone. It's not a good place. And I really felt like I was like the... The, uh, the bow and the arrow. Bow and arrow. I was like, three years, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. And then when I said, <laughs> that, that until now, I think now I'm, 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 I'm flying lower. Mm. But for many, many years, for 25 years, I was still running away. And I think when I realized I can do it with street shows, is the, the further it can take me. And uh, just a, a nice uh, thing that I have that I, to explain the gap between Lacoque and the army is when I finished the army, I didn't know that there was gay people in the world. I, I, I knew, I knew, but I, I thought it's, I knew that it, it exists because... It's a concept, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the women from Burma with the long neck, you know, or, <laughs> or, or like neo-Nazis, you know, it's something that exists. It's, yes, it exists in the world, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like something. Every three years, National Geographic has something about it, but yeah. Nothing. Yeah, but you know, in, in, uh, yeah, in, in Israeli army, you don't, you, there's no gay, and if there's gays, they, nobody knows about it, because it's... Back then. They back, then back then, back then. Hide it. It was really not something, and I used to think that it's not a good thing. Gays are not good. <laughs> yeah, you knew one thing about it's it. Not good. Not good. It's not good, gays. It's not good. <laughs> and then I went, I went to Lacoque school, when yeah. everybody's gay. And also, if, if somebody's not gay, he's also gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. And I, I came from this place and I remember having conversation with, with people about gayness and I was like, it's this yeah. horrible thing. It's like <laughs> a horrible. 
And it took me a while to understand where I am, what, yeah, what, yeah, that, yeah. who, I, who am, am I and where is the situation and... Wow. And yeah. That's, that's amazing. It, it, it's, I mean, a product of your time, a product of your, your atmosphere, and it's, it is, it's, it's not, it's, um, yeah, and I think of all the people, I'm so glad you found Circus for the Circus world and for the, for the world of, of performing and for you. But <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and do you feel ever like that? No, you never did the arm. You actually just went to India, or what? <laughs> that work? No. You said you had an injury. What did you yeah. do? I was I, I was like a balloon. I was like a, she's a fairy. I, I was like a fairy in the jungle. Nothing really bothered me. Mm. I just walked around in the world. Was doing playing pool. Yes, everything was nice. And then I just went to India. I didn't go to the army. It, everything was it just happened like that. Yeah. And then it changed. <laughs> but is that um, it's compulsory? So how do you get around it? I, I'm not, I mean, can you just, how does that work? Isn't it? Uh, isn't it like you have to do something? Okay, that's my story. Okay. <laughs> same year. <laughs> the same year I was about to go to to the tests for the army, they ask, they, they ask you many questions and they test your abilities and to test your health. At the same year, I was 16. Uh, that was the year when Rabin got killed. Ah, no, sorry, it was the year before Rabin got killed. Rabin, the prime minister of Israel, who got shot yeah. uh, by... Uh, uh, I lost my English, sorry, I have to speak Speaking Hebrew, speaking Hebrew. <laughs> So that year was a good year for Israel, and he decided to try to let the women not to be in the army. They don't have to. It wasn't a compulsory. It took. It was for one year. It felt like pieces around the corner. It yeah. Just we need to sign some papers. So maybe and... let's try that women don't go to the army. It's not compulsory. Only if they want to. So ah. I was asked, "Do you want to, or you don't want to?" And I said, "No, I don't want to." And I said, okay, go home. And I asked, went home and I asked myself, what do I want to do with my time? And uh, I said, okay, I'll go to India instead to travel. So I worked in the pool club, saved money and went to India for uh, 11 months. And then I came back. When, when, uh, when uh, we met Noah and me, so Noah was a India kind of girl and I was a Europe kind of guy yeah and when we started to be together we used to do summers in europe winter in india i spoke hindi and i i knew the language i knew how to get around in india yeah it was a lovely was nice. lovely That's lovely nice. lovely i've been to the far east to the to, to sri lanka and to thailand i loved i loved this motion this movement everything was slow going yeah. wherever their heart leads you and not thinking much only amazing that uh, we met for the first time in 99 mm -hmm. and i think until uh, maybe three years ago we met every summer there yeah. was one summer we didn't met but every summer we met each other either Either by chance or we made it happen. That's right. But uh, 
Yeah. But yeah. That was, we yeah. went through a lot of adventures. Oh my God. So many, so many funny things happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and also there was the time that Noah and Helen were pregnant together. And then yes. uh, Blake and, and Holly were born and traveling with, with kids. We did all those again, things together. This is again, like saying I, I w I'm a clown. It's like I was, I'm pregnant and I'm traveling and doing shows in Europe. I mean, that makes people just go, what, what? And so Noah, how, how, how did you? How horrible was that? How horrible was that? Because <laughs> also I remember you had quite, you were actually, I remember you were doing shows with a bucket as part of your prop work. <laughs> So yeah, she was vomiting off stage. Wow. I mean, we, Uri and I, before Hallie arrived to our lives, before I got pregnant, we were 10 years together. And I never got pregnant by chance. We just said, okay, we'll get pregnant sometimes. And then I got pregnant really fast, exactly on the time we wanted. I mean, you have a nice story about that. That's, yeah, yeah, I, I can relate. But never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that story. Wait, which one? No, we were <laughs> yeah, there was this. <laughs> no, but there was, we wanted to get pregnant on June 2010 because we wanted to not to miss a season in Europe. So the yeah. plan was that Noah will get pregnant in the summer and then she sure. will do shows while she's pregnant. There's no problem. I didn't expect to have a baby after getting pregnant or something. Yeah, and no. then... She will make the, the baby in Israel in the winter and I'm, we can go back to Europe in the summer. What's the problem? Shows. What's the problem? You see any, any problem that can it's happen? Spoken like two people who have never been pregnant. <laughs> yes. And the funny thing is that we did it. We did it. We did it. I was there. It was, it was easy, right, Noah? <laughs> she got, she got, it was, she, we need to put the electricity in the yes. computer. But we did it. But it was, it was a panic attack. It was yeah. two years of panic attack because Noah was vomiting all through the pregnancy. Yeah. And then we, we were going on tour with a two and a half months old baby. Like Hali was two and a half months old when we went back I'm to back Europe. To yeah. And uh, it was very, very... So that would be hard for a couple with a baby but a performing on tour baby but both of you in the show baby that's nearly impossible how 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 did you how did you have a baby that survived and a relationship that survived and a show that survived? wow god god <laughs> um, again, god again. <laughs> yeah. i mean the first tour when holly was two and a half months i wasn't performing i was just being a mom, I was shocked. Everybody was crying. Holly was crying all the time. Noah was crying and I was crying. We were just crying. <laughs> I remember a moment that I'm driving with my car in Holland, somewhere up north Holland with the truck. And it's, it got stuck and it's night and I'm nowhere, like a small road, night. The car doesn't move. Yeah. And, I, and it's raining. And then Holly starts to cry on the back. And I'm thinking to myself, this is suffering. Yes. Watch, observe, observe suffering. <laughs> and, and then miracles happened and we got the, uh, there was a knock on the door and the guy came from nowhere, took us, fixed the car and put us on the road again. 
Oh my God. <sighs> it, 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 uh, these troubles. And I remember, yeah, one tour, um, you know, Eat, Pray, Love, that book. I remember I, um, I wanted to call our tour Eat, Cry, Drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drink, Cry, Drive. <laughs> Drink, Cry, Drive. <laughs> Smoke, Cry, Drive. But yeah. I wouldn't do it any other way, Clark. I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Because, you know, Holly was with us for three and a half years. This was, this is, this, this charm is, as much as we suffered, but we, the joy of being with our daughter. Hmm. And also, yeah. you know, she's been to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, everywhere in Europe. In the in the first four years of her life, it's, yeah, yeah, she's it's amazing. amazing. She speaks fluent English. Yeah. She's very self confident kid. Yeah, she's ten now. Ten, yeah, like like Blake, isn't it? It's, like uh, Blake, Blake is eight months older. Yeah, or I think right in November. Yeah, yeah. And, I was uh, saying when he went to um into um daycare that he was going to have conversations with other daycare kids and, and be like, you're saying you're four years old and you've never seen a show in a Spiegel tent? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and well, Holly would say, you say you're four years old and you never played in a Spiegel tent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, when there was this uh, world championship in, the, in Dublin, Oh, yes. So, so Holly was a year and two months when we played there. And she was doing acrobatic with me. She was so cute. She was so cute. And we, she was performing. And when they announced the, the winner, they say, and the winner is little baby Holly. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the hard, the hard thing was when I realized I can't keep on doing this lifestyle. Mm. That was hard. Yeah. When she was four years old and i realized we, we can't do it anymore mm. she needed a, we were exhausted mm. we needed a home and also always you feel like your victory in life is that you're traveling this is yeah. why you're special this is why you are uh, victorious mm -hmm. and uh, and you tricked you tricked life you're yes. not like one of them mm -hmm. and then uh, when yeah. i was four years old we were like we can't keep on tricking life. We need to settle in. And always when we traveled, for me, Israel was not an option. I always looked for somewhere in Europe because we, have a, we are Hungarian, so we can live in Europe. So, but we never find where, where in Europe. Like, yeah. we never find a place. No, I know. So in the end, we're living in Israel and loving it. Yeah. And we're part of society here and it's wonderful. But it took me... I think it took me like three years of, of uh, nervous breakdown to, to find myself, to create my identity as a non-traveling circus artist, which I am now. That's exactly we're gonna right. sell. We're going to sell our camper soon. And it's hard, yeah. I, I feel you. But it's so great. I, I have, found you know a, a career here there and you know doing stuff with the theater stuff tell me about that show though that you got to tell me about how is that going Kaborka. Kaborka. 
Kaboka is an evolution of us. Really, I enjoy it so much. We love it. We love that show. We I, love it. We're very proud of it. Yeah. I, 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 I was thinking, oh, I saw it so long ago. You know, it's like having a new show after a successful show hmm. is again to go back into failures. So we've been through a, a couple or three years, three of, years of failure. failures and mm -hmm. people are trying to, um, to, to, um, like, to equal it, to equalize it to, to the right. other show, but it, yeah. it has compare. to go through compare, things compare. to compare. And it's a different show. It's non-verbal. We don't talk. It's no a clowning, uh, you know, clowning, almost no technique. And uh, uh, yeah, we got it. I remember that you told me your advice, take a director. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for so long, we tried right. to work with directors and tried and yes and no and yes and no. It was part of the way. It was definitely because they you can, gave good tips. You get to the point that you cannot see the show anymore. Like yeah. you can't see it anymore. You're too much part of it, and your talent can get can go that far. And for a show to become good, it needs to be bigger than your talent. Mm -hmm. It needs to spice life in it, and and a lot of failures. Yeah, and, and where, and where maybe a director? And what what is the, what are those failures? happen i mean where you were doing that you, you would get a gig here and there theater stuff or where would you where would you where anywhere would you anywhere anywhere that we that anybody that took us we went and also yeah. we did street street shows with it which was oh, horrible wow. yeah that's horrible yeah. but uh, any anywhere like uh, cabarets clowning evenings uh, festivals uh, it started with festivals because we are uh, semi-famous in the Israeli scene of, uh, of circus and street circus theater. And th street theater. <laughs> so all the Israeli festivals were very happy to take us. Both of them. And the, sh <laughs> and the show, yeah, and the show was good. The show looked good. <laughs> what did, what did this he said all the, all the Israeli festivals and I said both of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's a few, there's a few. I think there's six, six. <laughs> But it's, you know, it's, it's a work. It's a, it's a tour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the then, show looked good. It wasn't good, but it looked good. <laughs> wow. But preparing the decor, the setup takes two and a half hours just to set it up. Yeah. Now we so, can do it in an hour and in an hour. Yes. The, the beginning was two and a half hours. But for it's Buster, not that's like ridiculous. For regular theater makers, that's like, now, are you kidding me? Like two, it could two and a half busking hours. It could be a busking festival show. It can work as a busking festival show yeah. if they don't move us from pitch to pitch. Like we did Linz. Right. Um, and it was great. It was great. But we got one really sweet pitch. Yeah, it was a venue. When, so th three years. And when did it really feel like, okay, now we're really, we're flying with this. I mean, when was it, and did you almost... I mean, I have, a, I have a nice story about it, which is good for a... Hali Zemafrielano. Uh, which is a good lesson. The whole show started with a joke I had in my head when I saw a, a ventriloquist leaving his puppet and the puppet keeps on talking. Mm. Like that was an image that I saw. And for, I think three years, this joke ruined the show. 
it was you were hanging and, on and, and we got and we were hanging on it because that was the the seed that yeah. was the, when it all started and the show was already good not very good but good enough and happening and we had like 15 minutes of a nice show 50 50 yeah and uh, but still there was the first 10 minutes were geek there was something stuck and the moment we took out this joke the the show was like it was a stick it was a stick in the wheel now it's yeah. 45 minutes show but it's tight yeah 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 great it's the kill it's, the baby it's how sometimes you fail, fail, fall in love with the moment in your show mm-hmm. or with a joke in a show and and when you have a problem in the show you answer you, you have an answer for your question like in your head you say what about this moment and you go, reply to yourself this moment da, 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 da. it becomes an automatic you don't like stop wait wait there is a problem in this moment yeah you don't want to address it you because it. yeah that's ah, that because yeah. it's your baby it's the baby kill the baby yeah mm-hmm. that's so hard to see sometimes and so hard to uh, and some people never take that moment out of their shows and that's amazing that you <laughs> you i mean and just to have that i mean with your career moving into trying something like that which also a lot of people don't do um is just having that laying that having laid that groundwork of success throughout the, all those festivals in israel and beyond to be able to come back with a show that might not be totally ready and it, and and then and stick with it and still still um for long enough for it to really be something is uh yeah it's amazing you guys are amazing yeah i think the the, the secret is to not have a choice I yep. think because we don't come from a, a we don't have a money background like we we don't like we need this show cannot not succeed yes we exactly put all our money we put all our money on it into this show we put all our money like Cirque no problem was making good money and we took the money and we put it on this show and not all the money we also finished the mortgage but you know Yeah, we took, yeah. we put too much money on it for yeah. it to be in the in the in the storage. Exactly. Way too much. So we did not had a choice and I yeah. there was so many times in those three years of failing which is a lot. Uh, that I remember saying that if I had a choice I would do something else. Where but I just yeah. But I just can't I I it cannot work. I can I can deal with this Yeah. You know, I I have small failures, but I cannot No, this is our future. This is what I want to do until I'm, I retire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's amazing. And, and when, not having a choice. And so and with COVID, in, obviously you have not been able to do this show or or you've been doing it. You have. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like there for for that kind of thing with, with how do you do it? School social distance, what does it look like? No, schools are out schools are out but last time we did it was uh, in inside inside of a of a shop there was like a, a how do you it's say not a shop a, it's a culture center a gallery a gallery oh. that there was a, a glass window between yeah. us and the public sneeze so the public was around us and there was a glass separating and the sound system was outside amazing Amazing, amazing. And we have, I think we, once every month, month and a half, we're doing the show, more or less. Every time some other miracle, like yeah. something like, whoop, 
you can do Kaborka. And I always try to push Kaborka. I always try to push this show into happening. And in 2019, won, uh, won uh, the first prize in a very prestigious uh, festival here in Israel with Kaborka. It uh, was an international festival with different amazing shows. And this gave us the certificate. Yeah. Well. Okay, right. we're oh, on a roll. Amazing. By the system as well, not that we, not only us, but the system were like, huh, there is a, something happening there. And then right. we started to work a lot. It was a year of a lot of work with Kaborka. Our yeah. summer was getting filled with the uh, three months uh, scheduled shows, festivals in uh, Europe um, with Kaborka. Yeah. And, and then, and then, then hey, stay home. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which is also good. Yeah, yeah, it's it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's what it is, and uh, but that's 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 so incredible because I would say that your street shows and you know the, your festival shows were always a kind of um, evolution to one show, even though they had many different kind of. You had sort of different yeah. shows. It was really the. I think you wouldn't say you would have a couple of shows in that arena, but then this one, complete departure as a, a totally different um, a show and venue. It's amazing. It's really, really, really awesome that you were able to do it. Congratulations. I'm so happy. Thank you very much. But uh, Thank you. Took yeah, many failures yeah, for that. Many, many failures. Uh, of course. And that's what it takes. And what's really hard and what feels really hard, especially, is because you have this other success and, and you could just go ahead and do that. But, but uh, yeah. here you are. I mean, yeah, that, that level of, of, of really sticking to it is, uh, yeah. What, what brought a 13-year-old out to the new pitch in Tel Aviv and the, uh, the uh, hustle, McHustle pants with the pool skills into uh, <laughs> a life of, of uh, forget about the army and traveling the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm sort of summing it up. I'm summing up your life. No, you're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> it's my first interview. I've just, I'm so excited to be an interview person. Yeah, yeah. Jay um, Leno. Well, let's say <laughs> Jay fucking Leno over here. <laughs> uh, so let's say uh, thank you guys so much uh, for doing this. And, uh, and it's so great to talk to you. And we will... Um, See you on the pitch. I don't know what do you say at the end. I don't know, but we miss you. We miss you, Clark, and we I miss the the guys. You know, we miss the friends because when you we travel, do. when you travel as a lifestyle, those yeah. are your friends. Your friends are on the road. Yeah, that's you know, really, you, you really, really, your your community is a is a moving community that you keep on bumping into. In and now we. And then it's so funny and so. Yeah, you, you miss so your weirdos. Fun. You miss I miss my weirdos. I know those van the, the the those van parking lots, those campings, those late nights. So much fun. Oh my god, I miss it. But you know, yeah. it's uh yeah, tell me about it. I I want to say something to finish the whole showing that I I don't know also we are I'm like 47. And uh, it feels like if the COVID would not hit us, I would still do it. I would still, I was about to start my, this was supposed to be my 25 or 26 summer in Europe. This would be my 20th. And yeah. uh, 
if the COVID would not hit us, I would still do it. And yeah. sometimes I feel it's not authentic. It wouldn't be authentic already because, uh, yeah, because some, somehow it feels more authentic to be in Israel. But yeah, right. every, every night I have dreams that I'm in Europe. Every night I have dreams that I, uh, I'm in festivals. And it's my, uh, my two sides of my life, like always want to travel. And uh, now it's not, uh, not so authentic anymore. Now it feels like being at home in our beautiful house. Let's show, let's show the house. The, yes. This oh, is yeah, our yeah. backyard. Oh, the rig, some exercise yeah. stuff. And your ice bath, and you're taking some ice baths still? Yeah, doing right. the Wim Hof thingy. Half ice bath. It keeps you. We run. We run every day. This yeah, helps. We practice a lot, but uh, always, always this uh, duality yeah. about uh, traveling and staying at home, which it's is cute. never really solved. No, and it's it's an identity thing, and it's also a. I always said, don't get comfortable with either. Like I didn't want to be that guy that just like I have this that all I need is a van. I just need a van. This van, year-round van guy. I never wanted to be that guy, but I never wanted to be this guy either who has a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last, last thing I want to say. There are some things that when you're doing them when you're 20, you're really cool. Yeah. When, like, all the cool things, like uh, drugs, alcohol. Uh, riding uh, a bike. Riding a bike, yeah. doing street shows. Uh, all those things that when you're 20, they're really cool. Yeah. When you're 30, they're cool. When you're 40, it's pathetic. <laughs> and when you're 50, it's cool again. It's cool again. <laughs> Lucky me, I made it through. It's cool. Yeah, again. yeah but I think really the, the year, the 40 to, till 50 period of time of being a busker is there's a, it's, it's pathetic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also it's, pathetic. It's, it's also wonderful, good. but it's also hard. It's it, hard. People it, are asking, oh, you're still doing it. Or you're like, are you still yeah. fit? Can you it's still do it? I mean, inside you, I'm confused. You know, it's all. Remember your... what I bought you? What I bought you for your 40th birthday? I do, I do. My public. <laughs> I bought you some toys of public. It was really funny. Yep. Oh man, thank you guys for doing this. We'll um, we'll pretend that we're signing off. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for giving me such a good. Head over to the Busker Hall of Fame website where you'll find a link in the episode notes to this interview that you can watch on our YouTube channel. As always, if you'd like to support the podcast and show off the cool new design, check out our online store where you'll find t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. Speaking of supporting the podcast, you can also visit the Busker Hall of Fame website and throw a little love into our online app by clicking on the donate button. Or become a sustaining supporter of the project at patreon.com forward slash busker stories. Thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping keep busking history alive. Music for this podcast came from 357 Lover. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it and leave us a five-star review. It'll help get us noticed, and we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like someone to be interviewed or feel a certain voice has not been heard, please reach out to me and let me know. We're doing our best to capture interviews and stories with as many performers as we possibly can. It's up to you to help fill in the gaps. So on behalf of myself... Clark McFarland for captain interview and doing the preliminary edit, and the rest of the team of the Busker Hall of Fame, remember, if you can't laugh at yourself, find someone else and laugh at them.
I'm Magic Brian. Thanks for listening. Uh, when you're doing when you're doing basking, it's basking. It's good that you know that you can kill people.